Welcome to the Closing Culture Podcast. I am your host, Sean Slaughter, real estate agent and investor. This real estate podcast goes on top of the roof, behind the wall, and under the flow to show you how real estate really works. Today, I want to talk about ownership versus renting, home ownership versus renting. This is a pretty hot topic on the internet, and you have people who have rented for years, for decades, um, who, as soon as you have this topic, they jump up and say, hey, you know, you're, you're dissing us, you're playing us. I love renting. And here, here's the reason I love renting. And then, of course, you have those who are homeowners or maybe even investors that say, oh, no, 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 you got it wrong. Home ownership is the way, all right? So I'm going to go over five different points, and um, we're going to see does home ownership win that point or does renting win that point? All right, let's get into it. One, ownership. Now, we're going to give this one, of course, to home ownership versus renting. I have an aunt who used to live in Queens and uh, moved away. But one of the reasons she moved away was because the house that she had that when I was younger, we used to go to uh, when my mother and father needed somebody to watch us. Uh, we would go to the house for Thanksgiving and, you know, all our aunts and uncles and family and cousins. And we have a, a big family, particularly on my mom's side. We'll go to this house and um, I even have pictures back when I was dating my current wife and I bought her to the Thanksgiving, right? Almost like an official thumbs up from the family. And, um, but she rented this house. And after, I think it was like 20 plus years, maybe even 30 years, the owner of the house wanted the house back. So I want you to think about that. She rented the house for 30 years. By that time, the house would have been paid off and she would have owned it. And, but because she didn't, they wanted the house back and she had to move. When you own something, you control it. When you don't own it, you don't control it. Um, or particularly when you're leasing or renting, you have partial control. And even with that control comes certain things that you can and cannot do. So for instance, if you want to hang up pictures and, and adjust things and, you know, change things in a home. Um, smaller things like hanging on the pictures are fine. You just got to, you know, make sure that those walls get back to how they looked originally before you moved in because you don't own the home. Somebody else does. They're telling you before you leave this house, uh, before our lease is up, if you don't renew and you want to move somewhere else, you need to make sure that this house is in the condition that I want it to be in. And so, um, that kind of really paints the picture for renting. You're, you don't own, you don't own it. You're really just borrowing. It's like Netflix, right? You're paying a monthly fee for Netflix, but you stop paying that fee. You don't get access to the movies anymore. Um, unlike home ownership, it's like back in the days buying a DVD, right? You buy the DVD, you own the DVD, no matter what happens, the DVD is yours. So when it comes to ownership point goes to owning a home. Number two, financial responsibility. All right. So I think for financial responsibility, I'm going to give this one to renters. All right. With a very slight edge. I don't even like saying this. It doesn't feel good coming out my mouth. 
Why is that? Well, first of all, let's talk about the mortgage versus your rental fee. Now, rents are more expensive than mortgages. Let's first just say that. Um, I have an investment property that I think my mortgage is like eight, between eight and eight fifty. I think it's eight fifty. But I'm renting it out for thirteen fifty. And so the person that is renting that house um, is paying what 75% more than what a mortgage would be. So when you are renting a house, the markup on that rent is pretty substantial. Even if it's an extra three or four hundred dollars a month, that's still, you know, four to five thousand dollars a year that you could have used to save up and buy a house and so on and so forth. But nevertheless, I don't give rent the win because of the the mortgage. I give renting the win in this particular category because buying a house um, does take some money down. There are first-time home buyer programs. You can put 0% down, but you may have to pay your closing costs, which can be between, you know, three to maybe five or 6%. So if you have a house that's $300,000 and, you know, you have to pay closing costs of about, you know, 4%, um, even though you may have your first time home buyer program and your loan down payment is zero, your closing costs for that $300,000 house, you know, could be around 12 grand. All right. Um, so there is somewhat of a barrier to entry to buying a house it is coming up with that lump sum of money. Now, some people think you need like 70%, 50%, 30% to buy a house. No, 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 no. The average American, um, typically, let's just say that you have a loan down payment and you have to pay your closing costs. Your loan down payment, let's say is three and a half percent for an FHA uh, mortgage. And let's just say your closing costs are three and a half percent. You're talking about 7%, seven and a half percent of the home price to purchase a house, which is way under 10% and way less than the 70% that most people think. Additionally, when you buy a house, um, there is owning and maintaining the property. There are, um, of course, your property taxes and insurance that are wrapped into your mortgage payment, um, maintenance and repair costs. And this is really where um, owning a home can get quite expensive. Uh, We live in a home that has a uh, a pool and a large backyard. And, uh, you know, it took me like, I don't know, 15 grand to get that pool up and ready because the last owner just did nothing to it. Just trashed the pool, really. Had to put a new liner in and get a new pump and blah, 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 blah. Um, and then even with our yard, um, we have a patio. We had to redo the patio. We have stuff inside the house. Now, mind you, it costs money, but I really enjoy watching my house come to life, watching my creativity come to life. And so even though I'm paying money, um, we're going to talk about how that money um, actually for a house is really an investment. You're not just you know throwing it away. But as far as financial responsibility right now, I'm going to give the check mark to renting. Flexibility. I'm going to give this check mark to renting as well. I know y'all can't believe a real estate agent is giving check marks giving wins to renting, all right? So, um, and flexibility, renting typically um, offers more flexibility than buying. Uh, Renters can move out pretty easy and quickly at the end of their lease, or they can break their lease and you'll pay penalties, but you can break your lease. 
In contrast, when you buy a home, um, it's a long-term commitment and selling can be a lengthy and complicated process. Plus, when you buy a home, in order to sell that home, that home needs to accrue in some equity. Uh, so I had somebody who purchased a home and a year later, they wanted to sell it. Now, thankfully, we were in a hot market. And so, you know, they bought the home for, you know, 350 but the house jumped up like 50 grand in equity, right? COVID, right? And so they were able to sell the home, um, you know, the next uh, year and be fine. But if you buy a home and you try to sell that home six, seven, eight months later, it's very difficult to because the cost of selling a home is typically 10%. So if you buy a home for $300,000, it's typically going to take you about 30 grand to sell that house. So what that means is that to break even, you have to sell that house for 330. So you bought the house for 300, the next year you now want to sell it, you can't you can't sell it for anything less than 330 or you're going to lose money. So when it comes to flexibility, I'll give that to Renton. Building equity. All right. Of course, I'm giving this to home ownership and I think this is the biggest um point that I think even even though the flexibility and the financial responsibility I gave a win to to renting building equity to me is where you uh you know renting may win the battle and financial responsibility and flexibility but uh, home ownership wins the war and building equity equity is the difference between the value of your home and the amount you owe on your mortgage so Two things happen when you own a home. You pay your mortgage, so that loan goes down, but also your house increases. And unlike the stock market, homes typically always increase on average about 2% a year. Um, of course, we had the housing crash in 07 and 08 where people lost equity, but that was something that would, that happened not because it was a regular market. It happened because people were being greedy and giving loans to people that could not afford loans. Those loans were packaged as securities and bought on the stock market. And so when those people that bought homes could not pay for the mortgage, they foreclosed, basically making those securities trash and and whatever you pay for that security, you lost your money. And that's why that housing uh, crash happened. But typically, for the most part, your house will increase in equity. So you think about it after 10 years, you buy a $300,000 house. Let's just say after 10 years, uh, I don't know, you've paid off, I don't know, 10, $20,000. I don't, I don't know, right? And your house went up $10,000. So you've paid off, so your house $300,000. So let's just say after 10 years of being in that house, $300,000, you now owe $200,000. But the house went up in 10 years to 375. You owe 200, the house is 375. You now have $175,000 worth of equity. This, my friends, this is where housing is the greatest investment because you may not know anything about stocks, Bitcoin. You may not even be into rental homes and investment properties, but anybody buying a house is a mini investor, all right? 
And you're going to see that money um, at the end. You may not see it at the beginning because you're living in a house and paying a mortgage. But at the end, when you sell the house, this is where you get the big lump sum of cash. This is where you pass the money down to your family members. This is where even in the middle, you know, after 10 years, you have $100,000 worth of equity. You can pull some money out. You can refinance and use that money to do upgrades on your house or, or whatever you want. And so, you know, this is where housing wins because you build equity. When you rent, you're not building equity. You're paying money every month to stay in a place that um, really you're building somebody else's equity. My renters are building my equity. They're paying my rent. And even if I make a couple of hundred, hundred dollars off of them every month, that's not really the win that I'm going for. The win that I'm going for is I want them to stay in the house as long as possible so I can keep paying the mortgage down and my house can continue to increase in value. That is where the win is at. And lastly, number five, control. And I'm going to give this one to home ownership over renting. Of course, you have more control on how you use and modify the property. Uh, we talked about making renovations, cosmetic changes without needing permission. You can decide when you want to sell your home. You can move on your own terms. Um, you can have, you know, some people will move and need to find a place. So they do something called a rent back. I have a transaction that closed. I helped this beautiful family find a home and uh, we were competing with another buyer. And so one of the things that we did because the person that owned the home was military and was waiting for their orders and they wanted to rent the house back for 30 days. So we said, hey, we'll give you a free 30 day rent back. And that free 30 day rent back uh, won us the house. But that seller that's selling the house, you know, basically is staying in the house for an additional 30 days until he uh, you know, moves on. So you still have flexibility um, if you have to buy a house, if sell a house and then buy a house, you still have some flexibility when it's time to move, you can move on your own terms. Of course, when you rent, just way less control. You have restrictions, um, things you can do and not do. Um, I've rented a house before. And um, many times, you know, because again, you know, people get mad when the, when the landlord or the owner of the house wants to come and, you know, do something to the house or do an upgrade or, you know, replace a, a water heater or something like that. And they get mad because, you know, they're invading their privacy. And, and if you're renting a house, um, they do have to give you 24 to 48 hours notice, um, depending on the state and depending on what's in your lease, but typically 24 hours notice before they come in. They can't just show up. But yeah, your your privacy um, is consistently being compromised because again, this ain't your house. All right. This ain't your house. So ownership, of course, I gave, I gave that to home ownership, financial responsibility. I gave that to renting flexibility. I gave that to renting building equity. I gave that to home ownership. That's the biggest one on this list and control. I gave that to ownership. This is the closing culture podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Be good to yourself and someone else's life.